The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi, welcome to iLead, and thank thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Linda Sharkey. And I had a couple of things that I wanted to uh, reflect on today as we're getting into this discussion. Um... I was talking to a friend of mine, and she was sharing with me as I was down in Florida doing some leadership development programs, and she was talking about how she's really uncovered so many exceptional people in her life because she takes the time to talk to them, to spend some time understanding who they are and finding out about their story. And she's almost agnostic when she does that. It's not necessarily somebody that has to be a high-level executive, or, but people in general. And as a result, this friend of mine has been able to really build very strong, endearing relationships and cultivate relationships not only with people with whom she works, but people outside of her workplace And people, frankly, in need of a helping hand. And I thought to myself, how great is that? You know, to take the time in this fast-paced world to really try to understand what somebody's story is all about so that you can really appreciate who they are. And I found from my own personal experience that when I've uncovered somebody's story, I tend to have a great deal more trust in that individual. I tend to have a great deal more respect for who they are and what they bring. But I also know that it takes a lot of time to cultivate those kinds of relationships. And as I was getting ready for the show and talking to my guest, I, I was reflecting on everything that was going on in Baltimore. And in many ways... That's a different workplace. It's not the corporate America, but it's a workplace. A community is where people engage with one another, where there are people responsible for the community, where there are community leaders uh, who are trying to make things better, presumably. But as I look at all this tension, I say to myself, what's really important are building those relationships. So what does this have to do with leadership? You know, in many ways, we are all leaders 
every single day and leaders of ourselves. And we have choices that we can make. And we have decisions. And we can do some things that are going to help and help others and cultivate a situation. Or we can do things to tear that situation down and make it worse. And sometimes our own personal bias, our own anger, and our own fear gets in the way. And, you know, when you're able to cultivate those kinds of relationships, it makes all the difference in the world. So I spent time digging deep into something else that I really don't think we spend enough time with, which is getting in touch with our own bias, not the things that we say we believe, not the things that we want to have others think we believe, but the things that really drive our fear and drive our inability to connect with other people. And I honestly don't think that we do enough with that. I had a leadership group that I was working with uh, last week, and we spent a lot of time talking about the in crowd and the out crowd in an organization. And we spent a lot of time talking about personal bias. And what made me so excited about this initiative that I had with this leadership team is that people really talked at a very personal level and shared some very personal stories that were extremely powerful. Another thing happened. There were a couple of people on this team who were arch enemies and everybody knew who they were and everybody accepted that these two people could never find common ground. At the end of two and a half days, a lot of discussion, a lot of sharing who they were, these two individuals found an incredible amount of common ground. So much so that it was shocking. Now, can they keep that relationship going? Can they continue to cultivate what they learned about each other and share uh, their trust that they're beginning to build? Time will tell. I hope so. But it was sure a great step forward. So as I think about all of this stuff, that's part of the reason why I'm excited about having my uh, next speaker, Marag Barrett. Now, Marag and I bet, met a while back, and we had a great and interesting conversation. And we got to know each other at a, a little bit more personal level. And Marag has written a book called Cultivate. And I've been using that term quite a bit through this conversation because I think one of the things that this book covers is Murad's passion for building really incredible workplaces, organizations that are better for everyone that's involved in it, which also includes the community. Relationships are at the heart of this book. And I think she also talks a lot about trust and distrust and how that gets in the way of building positive and constructive relationships. Now, Marag is not only an author. She's a practitioner as well. She's worked in great companies. She's been there. She's experienced it. She's seen it as I have first time, firsthand, and knows how these conflicts can be destructive in any organization. So I'm also excited because Marag is often quoted in some of the best 
business periodicals in the world. She's been quoted in Fast Company, Huffington Post, most recently in entrepreneur.com. She speaks all over the world. She's truly a global citizen and has a global mindset. And so with that, I'd, I'd like to introduce and ask Marag to join me. Thanks so much for being on the show, Marag. Lindra, I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to take the time uh, to do this. And I just would like to ask you, uh, you know, a couple of questions. You know, I gave the audience a little snippet about your background. Um, there's a lot of static on the on the. On the line. I'm not sure if it's coming from your end, Marag. Oh, I'm not hearing it. Okay, you're not hearing it. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure. If so, I'll see if it's coming from mine. But tell me a little bit, I gave the audience a little snippet of your background, but what motivated you to move from private industry, which can be tough. You know, I, I did it. You know, you're, you're in a great corporate job and you know, it's scary to move from private industry and to start a consulting business, um, and and particularly around leadership. You know, there's a lot of people out there. What 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 was burning in you that said, this is what I'm going to do? Well, I'm glad you asked. I mean, my journey to where I am today, as you can tell from the accent, not originally from the U.S., is, has not been a direct line. It's been more of a wandering path. But I started actually in commercial finance, working for one of the big banks back in England. Spent 15 years working with big, large multinational companies, analyzing their balance sheet, cash flow forecasts, deciding whether or not to lend millions of pounds to support their business strategy. And that was the wake-up call for me, because I realized quite early on that you can make the spreadsheets and the forecasts say whatever you like. The company can have a fabulous widget or service, but if they don't pay attention to the people side of the business, the people who actually manufacture the widget or deliver the service, then chances are you didn't have a sustainable company and certainly couldn't afford to pay the bank back. And that's what caused me to make a deliberate choice and move from the numbers side of business into the people side and to focus on leadership and executive development. Yeah, that's so interesting because you and I both are out of financial services. I mean, I worked uh, for big money-centered banks actually in London and uh, and also you know, the GE finance uh, side of things. And when you looked at, when you look at all of that, it really is the people that make a difference in any of those companies. That's, that's absolutely true. Agree more. I mean, I remember being told many times in that finance industry that it's not personal, it's just business. But when you actually look at every failed company or every failed project or every career that's stalled or derailed, when you actually look at it, it's not because people aren't smart enough or the product isn't good enough. Invariably, it comes down to what is mislabeled as the soft skills, the communication, the interplay, the how we get business done. And for me, that's what makes this so critical and the professional relationship focus that I have through the book, Cultivate the Power of Winning Relationships. It's not soft and fluffy. It's fundamental to everybody's success, but it's also fundamental to business success. And there's no question about it. I mean, I I coach a lot of executives and I had some kind of sad experiences that, you know, 
the fundamental is that a leadership team cannot get along in some of these circumstances. And they lose sight of the fact that many people, you know, it's not just the balance sheet. Many people are dependent upon their livelihoods. Their, their families are dependent upon these organizations. And some of these leadership teams have gotten to the point where they can't sustain themselves and they can't sustain the company because they haven't led it correctly. And what's their choice? They move into layoffs. And unfortunately, some of these places, you know, they're going to survive. But how many people are they going to traumatize in their lack of leadership because of their lack of leadership of, of their organization? So I, I think there's a lot of responsibility that's connected with all of that. I agree. I mean, there are always going to be missteps and mistakes and bad news stories in business. But I think what's more um, depressing is when it's a predictable surprise, when you find out afterwards that people saw the issue, the elephant in the room, the gorilla in the corner, whatever it might be, and chose to ignore it because of fear of speaking up and maybe they're going to get into trouble for fear of making the wrong decision. And again, it just reemphasizes that these mistakes, when they happen, when these predictable surprises occur, invariably it's a lack of communication, it's a lack of vigilance that has tripped the organization or the team up. Absolutely. And it creates a, a, a culture, as you say, where people, you know, in this one particular organization that I'm talking about, people are very clear. They they know that this thing is going south. Uh, yep. and, and there's nobody there that's helping them lead uh, them out of it. And they're looking for it. 30 minutes to break time, um, Marag, but give me give me a couple more thoughts on this before we go on break. Well, it's the very worst of the politics, silos, and turf wars. And when those walls start to go up internally, information is slowed. It isn't shared. Decision quality is impacted. And you end up with that predictable surprise of a less than stellar performance, all for the sake of having somebody with the courage to say, the emperor has no clothes, or we need to review this decision, or we need to discuss this change in our market, in our customer expectations. Yeah, and it's very frustrating for people when 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 people are not able to, to talk about those kinds of things. So we're coming up on break. Stay with us. We're going to be talking more about uh, how you do cultivate relationships at work that are powerful and build great businesses. So stay with us. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, 
really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #ILeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Hi. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and welcome back, and thanks for being with us. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, PricewaterhouseCoopers, who I'm so appreciative of their supporting this show and helping me get it off the ground. I'm talking today with Marag Barrett, and Marag not only is an author, speaker, but also someone who has worked in business and has a lot of practical experience about what it takes to build great organizations. So we were talking about uh, culture and, uh, you know, the elephant in the room, which we all know is there, and having the courage to call it, and so few people are willing to do that. And Murag has written a book, Cultivate, The Power of Winning Relationships. And so, Murag, does success really boil down to you know, what some people would call such a simple thing as relationships? Oh, if only it was simple. I mean, in theory, it's simple, but what we find in application is it gets a bit more complex, or at least our fears around professional relationships tend to get complicated very quickly. But here's why I wrote it. Having worked in banking and advised many different companies, now through SkyTeam, having worked with, oh, I would imagine 3,000 leaders, 20 countries, four continents. Here's what I find is what holds people back individually and at a business level is the quality of the working relationships. And for me, the world of work is the biggest team sport any of us get to participate in. But unfortunately, if you think about school, I've got three teenage boys in high school at the moment, it's all about individual performance, them versus the exam board. And it isn't a lot better when you get to university. And yet once you graduate university or once you leave high school and you enter into the workforce, it isn't can you high perform alone, can you get it done on your own. It is all about your ability to leverage the talents around you and perform as a team. 
I mean, even this radio show, Linda, I mean, you, you as a host can only be as successful as the quality of the relationships and the guests that you bring onto the show. It's a team sport, whether you're an individual solopreneur or you're working for tens of thousands of employees in a big multinational. It comes down to the quality of the working relationships every time. Yeah, you know, that is so true. And, and like you said, it sounds so obvious, but it's hard to do. So how does someone go about building a great relationship? Well, for me, I mean, it starts at the beginning. Um, it starts at the beginning and being curious about the people around you. I was uh, speaking at a conference in St. Louis this week and I opened with a story about sitting in Anchorage Airport and it's 4 a.m. and it's dark. I don't know anybody. I'm just flying through on my way back from the north slope of Alaska, like you do. And the woman next to me starts to chat because I have a bit of an accent and she wants to know more about who I am and why I'm there at 4 a.m. Well, she then goes with, I know somebody in Colorado. So I go, okay. And she goes, do you know Patty? And, of course, everybody laughed at this, but the reality was in that particular circumstance, the patty she referred to, I had had lunch with only two weeks before. And I make the point that she and I went from strangers with nothing in common to acquaintances with somebody in common. And when I translate that to the workplace, I mean, think about it. How often are employees, you're walking down the corridor at work with, a, with one of your colleagues, somebody goes the other way, you say hello. And then your colleague says, who's that? And you go, I don't know. And we don't, even when we're playing for the same team, whatever company team that is or not-for-profit team, we're still shy to say, hey, my name's Morag. Here's what I do for this company. What do you do? And if we don't find that way to connect, how can we uncover how we can help each other to be successful? And so it starts by being curious. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. yeah, but you know, don't you think, Morag? I first of all, I couldn't agree with you more. I I totally agree. But I have been in pressure cooker, pounding roles, and you know, going from one meeting to another to one deliverable mm-hmm. to another to, and we get caught up in in a time warp where we can't take the time or we don't take the time to build those critical relationships. How do people I- do that? Yeah, and I think you're right. We have to pause long enough on our hamster wheels to say, am I running efficiently and am I running alone or are others running with me? And we don't. We give ourselves the excuse of, well, I don't have time. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then we go home at the end of the day and say to our significant other or the dog or whatever, you won't believe what happened at work today. You won't believe what so-and-so said or did. How dare they? But hang on a minute, how would they know not to do that or not to say that if you haven't taken the time to have a conversation, to understand their perspective, to share your point of view, and to either agree in a, a way you can work together moving forward or even agree to disagree? But it's one conversation at a time in my mind, Linda. That's how relationships are built or destroyed, either because you do or don't have those right conversations. You know, I, and I think in a global world, uh, Marag, this becomes even more and more important because not everybody says things the same way. So if you can't take the time to kind of appreciate where somebody's coming from and what they're trying to say, what they're, what they're for lack of a better word, what, what their motivations are, 
you're not going to be able to build that relationship with somebody in far reaches of the world that don't know anything about you and you may know nothing about them. And as an English woman now living and working in America, but also working globally, I've experienced it firsthand, where English does not translate into American, where I may have looked at a situation from my experience and background and not taken a moment to say, well, how might others see it and give myself alternative stories and courses of action. And we all do it, and I understand And if you're working across multiple time zones, it's easy to get to five or six o'clock mountain time as I am and go, oh, I forgot to ring so-and-so in London and it's now the middle of the night. And then we forget to share that piece of data or information. And I understand, but you still have to find a way to make sure it does not happen because otherwise the risk is your colleague in London now feels excluded. They don't feel included. And it's not just the transactional, hey, you need to know about this business decision. It's also taking time just to say, how was your weekend? What are you looking forward to in your vacation? What's working for you? What's not? And how we're doing business. And it's thinking about the whole person, not just what can you do for me in order to enable me to get my stuff done. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I mean, my own research for, for the book that we did, Winning with Transglobal Leadership, one of the things that we found was really essential was this ability to build relationships. And what we called it was perceptive responsiveness, this ability to really empathize with others, to really understand who they are, understand their values, and understand how they do things so that we can sort of translate that across boundaries and across languages and across perspectives and that takes a lot of time but if you don't do it you'll fail absolutely then the the consequences can be far more damaging and difficult to dig yourself out from from if you invest the time up front and it's interesting as I listen to you it it reminds me I, I talk about four questions that we're consciously or subconsciously asking each other every time we're working with someone and question one is can I count on you so you might be thinking that about me can I count on Morag for an engaging conversation in the next hour But then question number two is, can I depend on you? So it's not just to follow the script per se, but it's, can I depend on you to go the extra mile, to share the anecdotes, to make it entertaining? And the first question is reactive. It's in a work setting. It's, can you get your stuff done on time so I can get my stuff done? And question two is proactive. Can I depend on you to name the elephant in the room and warnings of impending disaster. And these are transactional. This is where most people stop when it comes to professional relationships. But what you just talked about there um, linked directly to questions three and four, which for me are the transformational questions, the questions that link directly to the interpersonal dynamics about how we do business. And question three on my list is, do I care about you? not in a group hug sort of way, but more in a, do I care about your success as much as I do my own? Are our egos kept in check? And then question four, which you've touched on here, is do I trust you? And that does come with time and experience, doing what we say we're going to do. But it can also happen very quickly. I mean, the last time I got on a plane, last night, to fly home from St. Louis, I didn't spend a lot of time getting to know the pilot and trust whether or not he could get me home on time, safely, and comfortably. So trust can be implicit and given from the get-go. It's a choice to choose from the outset. 
But when you couple yeah. that with the rules of engagement, it becomes a very powerful combination. Which I, I want to get to, the rules of engagement. I, I love those four questions. I think they're really fantastic. And you triggered something for me, which was this transactional versus transformational. And I think too many leaders today, Morag, are transactional. And they don't understand that, that being a leader is not about them. It's about those that they care for and care about and help move along in their own careers. And we found that that was a critical element for a global leader. Somebody can't be successful in a global environment if it's all about them. I think that the the reason... So we are... Go on. Say say that again, Murag. I was just going to say, I think part of the, the dilemma there is that leaders foc- focus on leadership as the destination, the here and now, versus it's the journey and the legacy that they're creating. But we can explore more of yeah, that, I love that after the next break. Yes, and we are coming up on the next break. And, and stay with us because we're going to be talking about that journey and the rules of engagement, which I just love. And um, we're at break. Stay with us. We're talking about how to cultivate meaningful relationships at work with Morag Barrett. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. 
or you can tweet the show at hashtag iLeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the leadership connection. Hi, welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection. And with me today is Marag Barrett. We're talking about her new book, How to Cultivate Winning Relationships at Work. And we were having a great actual discussion over the break, and I hope we can repeat it. But Marag, when we broke, Marag and I were talking about how leadership is really uh, not a destination. It's a journey and it's a legacy. And Marag, you were talking about you know, the exercise that you do. And and I just love that exercise. And tell us about it. Well, our listeners can do this right now, whether they're in the car or in the office, wherever they're listening. And the question I'd pose is to think about who are the three people who've had an impact on you and your career or your life to date? Who comes to mind? Not the, you know, the big names, the people you've worked with. And then what is it about those people that resonate for you, that make them get onto your top three list? And what I find every time I have this conversation with people is, yes, there may be an acknowledgement of how smart they are or their functional expertise, but the vast majority of the reasons why we put people onto that top three list is around their ability to connect the quality of the relationship, their coaching, the feedback, their willingness to hold us accountable, to challenge us, to take informed risks, how they helped us through mistakes and missteps. That's what makes a difference. And when I then take it and say, well, if I ask the people around you, would you make it onto their top three list? And if not, what do you need to flex and do differently? Then it can be a powerful combination because it's not just about being the best boss or the best leader. It's also about being the co-worker that everybody wants on their team or the manager's team you want to be on because you see it as a learning opportunity that then accelerates your own career aspirations and your own career journey. Leadership happens at all levels, but it happens because of the quality of the relationship, not just being the smartest person in the room. Yep, and unfortunately, we think that being the smartest person in the room shows, you know, leadership, and in fact, it really doesn't. It actually sort of annoys people, but, you know, when we were talking (laughs) about that on break, I, I had to say that, you know, you and I are both in the field of leadership. We've been in it for a long time, write books about it, and I have to blush myself and say that, you know... I might not have made that list sometimes, and I probably was not the coworker. And um, you know, I'm sorry to say that, but uh, you have to you have to continue, and you have to continue to sort of grapple with those circumstances. What, what, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I wrote the book "Cultivate the Power of Winning Relationships," but like you, I can look back through my career at times where I potentially have not been at my best. But here's the thing. This is not about us all becoming perfect. What it is about is about creating the strength of relationship that when we have an off day, because we all have off days, people can, A, come up to us and say, hey, Morag, no, or hey, Morag, you're not being yourself, and I can hear that feedback, but also that I can be forgiven for those momentary transgressions versus the analogy of we're always putting um, deposits into the trust bank account, and then when you mess up, you 
automatically go overdrawn? Well, I would like to think that if you have a quality, what I refer to as an ally relationship, you can still occasionally have a bad day and it doesn't actually empty the bank account. In fact, it probably strengthens the relationship because we understand that we're all human and we're not perfect. Yeah, you know, I think that's really true, but I, I have to, not but, um, I think that's absolutely true. I do see some leaders, though, that are so toxic, and you wonder, you know, they that some of them have turned around through coaching, some of them have turned around because they've had a big wake-up call, but what do you do with people who are really made it pretty far up the, the food chain and are pretty arrogant? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great question, and my advice, especially depending on where you are on that totem pole, is not to commit career suicide by naming that particular elephant. But if you are on the receiving end of that sort of behavior, then the first thing is to stop and ask about culpable negligence. In what way have you contributed to or allowed this current state of affairs? Because very few work relationships start from the get-go as what I call adversaries. I would hope that they start fairly neutrally either as supporters or as allies. So somewhere on the line, we've either ignored the warning signs that things are going off the rails or perhaps has been a transgression. But ultimately, it comes down to having the courage to have a conversation that affects change. And an alternative strategy is not necessarily to go head-to-head with the adversary, but to look at your other critical stakeholders and what can you do to strengthen those and maybe the peer pressure can affect change in that individual that you're referring to. Yeah, that, that's, that's an important factor. Uh, you know, you, you started and when we took the last break and talked about the uh, rules, of enga- rules of engagement. Can you say yeah. more about that, Marag? Well, just think about the the listeners. The last time you were moved into a new role or a new team, or maybe you've just joined a new company. And my guess is that most of us, when we arrive in that new chair, immediately start to focus on the what. What results do I need to get? What projects do I need to do to impress the new boss, to show the new team, this is why you hired me? To even show myself, this is why you hired me. And what we overlook is the how conversation, what I refer to as the rules of engagement. And it will be things, especially as we get more senior, I'll hear, well, you've been in this industry 10 years, you'll work it out, there's your desk, get on with it. And you will, but at what cost? You may intentionally or unintentionally step on other people's toes, all for the sake of sitting down and having a conversation that says, here's how business gets done in this company or in this team, and here's how it's similar or different to what you may have done elsewhere. And we also avoid and and don't spend as much time on sitting down and talking about the characters and the stakeholders with whom you're going to work with. Who are your internal and external customers? What are their styles and expectations? What has their experience in the past been? Are they for us or against us? Because then that way we can be prepared in terms of going in and having the appropriate conversations that set us up for success from the get-go. So talking about rules of engagement to me, is critical, but we don't because we don't want to be seen as soft um, or we just don't think about it. We just focus on the what and we ignore the how. 
You know, it's so interesting, uh, as you know, and many people do, that I worked uh, for a long time at GE in leadership development and numerous other roles. And one of the things that I thought was so impressive that I learned from them was to have those rules of engagement discussions. And they did something that I've taken, a practice that I've taken with me wherever I go, which is a new manager assimilation. And now it's widely used in companies where you actually sit down and you you say, what do you want to know about me? What do I want to know yes. about you? What are you worried yes. about? You know, yes. what, 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 what frightens you? What, you know, um, yes. what scares what me the, about the job? And, and really have like. those, I, take. Yes. I mean, those are powerful questions that what does success look like? What decisions do you own? What decisions do you need to refer to the team? What decisions do I as your new boss absolutely own? But when we don't have that, unfortunately, it seems like we're hardwired to assume the worst. So, you know, you can hear the gossip yeah. starting as well. They've only joined this team because they're only going to be here six months. This is just a career stepping stone. And, of course, in doing that, that alters the tone and the willingness of others to collaborate because they're giving you a nefarious motive versus, no, they're here because they want to learn and grow with us. And so that new manager yeah. assimilation, I've seen it done, and it is extremely powerful in terms of uh, avoiding those misunderstandings and getting clarity and alignment from the get-go. Yeah, and, you know, I've actually done that with uh, somebody that I was coaching who was really, really toxic. And, and actually, the conversation that people had was so powerful. And the man walked out and he said, you know, I had no idea that my behavior was having that much impact on, on the group. And it was a real turnaround for him because it, that's not where his heart was. But no. he, 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 he took zero time to reflect on himself as a leader, which... I think is another problem. We don't spend enough well, time yes. reflecting. And right? obviously, nobody had, people haven't given him the feedback in the past, or at least not in a way that he'd heard. And so what I've learned is there are very, 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 very few people on this planet who get up in the morning and think, oh, can I be seen as a jerk today? Can I be really annoying? Can I be adversarial? <laughs> but it, invariably, it's misaligned expectations. It's a, an inappropriate style. It's a lack of feedback and coaching. But once you've got the awareness, now it's a choice. Because as you said earlier on, this is not rocket science. You can now choose to interact with your colleagues in an appropriate way, or you can choose not to. But if you're a leader in an organization, if you're a manager of a team, if somebody is choosing not to, then you need to hold them accountable. And at some point, you may need to make a tough decision that says you can't play on my team because this, we want a team of allies. We need to have each other's back. Right, right. Uh, And, and you know, that that is, so I had another guest on, uh, uh, Chip Yee, who wrote um, Alliance uh, with the... uh, Reed Hoffman, who or Ke- yeah. Keith Hoffman, who's the uh, so I'm I'm sure you know about the book, but that's what he was talking about the social contract and really today the new social contract is building alliances with your workforce. That's what's really important, and that's, that's what's going to drive the end result. Career, yes, when we're coming and going and moving through organizations. Better to have a strong relationship or the start of a strong relationship now because when I walk into the meeting room as your new colleague or as your new boss or as your new employee, we've got a head start versus starting from cold as strangers. 
Yeah, that's so true. We're 30 seconds to break, Marag, but I've gotten two questions that uh, have gotten emailed in. So after break, we're going to answer the two questions that have been asked. Um, One question is, which is your most important stakeholder? And Mm -hmm. another question is, how do I, if I've taken a lot of deposits out of the bank, what do I personally do to put a few back? And I thought that that was uh, both of those were great questions. Yep. So stay with us. We're going to answer the two questions that got uh, uh, emailed in. And then I'm going to be talking about our next guest coming up next week, which is Jim Cousins. And if you don't know about Jim Cousins, he's one of the greatest leadership thinkers of our time. Um, we're going to be talking about credibility. So stay with us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #ILeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and thanks for being with me and with Marag Barrett. And we're talking about, we were just talking about the rules of engagement to cultivate relationships and great relationships at work and how hard that is. But Marag has given us some really phenomenal meat and potatoes tips that I think if we follow them will make us actually 
just that much more happy at work, which is an important thing. So we have two questions that got um, emailed in today, and one is from Greg from Financial Services, which I think is great since you and I both have a background in financial services. And he says, I'm, I'm coming into a new role, and how do I find out, and what, what are my most important stakeholders? How, how, how do I look at that so that I know I'm building the right relationships? Well, Greg, thank you for asking the question. And if you're coming into a new role in company, then I think you're going to need to ask others. So ask your new boss, who are the three to five people that I need to meet. But for everybody else on the phone, my advice would be, well, think about the professional goals that you are being asked to deliver between now and the year end. And do the same. Who are the three to five people who could either help or hinder you and stop you from achieving those goals. And for me, those are your critical stakeholders right now. It's not about trying to build a relationship with 800 people. It's about finding the few, not just the success today, but also maybe you've got a second list of the three to five people who can help you with your career aspirations for next year. But either way, it starts with creating that list. You know, that list is not enough. Um, because then you need to understand, well, what's the health of that relationship right now? And, Linda, you and I have already talked on two of the four relationship dynamics that I talk about in Cultivate the Power of Winning Relationships. And when you look at that list, do you have what I call an ally, the person who has your back no matter what, on the good days and especially on the bad days, the ones who give you the kick in the pants and the tough feedback that you need to hear. And I hope you have at least one. And if you're not sure or you haven't, then you've got some work to do in terms of cultivating winning relationships at work. But I know what I think is... Go on, sorry, Linda. I I was just going to say what I think is important about that. I just want to add to that, Morag, because as you're starting out in a job, you might have one list of stakeholders. And then, you know, you you might want to expand that to to what's the next wave of people that you need to build relationships to. So I I think that's a a great analysis. And then who really has your back? And and it is is a dynamic list. The next type of relationship I refer to as supporters, they're like your fan club. It's like, yay, go Morag. Unlike allies, though, on the tough days, they vanish. They're not going to take personal risk for you. And so at that point when you're most vulnerable, at most at risk, you can find yourself alone and exposed. So supporters are nice and fun to work with, but they give you the feedback you want to hear, not the feedback you need to hear like an ally does. And then the rival is the the third one. It might be a bit more competitive. I liken a rival to Jekyll and Hyde because when it suits their agenda, they're for you, but when it doesn't, they're against you. And so you tend to over-prepare for every meeting and the meetings, your preparation is focused on, well, if they do this, I'm going to do that or I'm going to get the first attack in. And it's about getting out of that meeting alive with your reputation intact. It's not about the business decision at hand. And then the fourth one we've already explained is the adversary. So, Greg, as you're thinking about your three to five stakeholders, you need to diagnose the health of those relationships. And chances are you'll have a portfolio. You'll have one in each of those categories, hopefully no adversaries. But then you need to take action to strengthen them so that you've got more supporters and more um, allies who can help ensure your success and, in doing so, ensure their success. So that's the first... Yeah, I love that framework. Yeah. Now, 
The second part B to the question about who are my most important critical stakeholders is actually it starts with you. And Greg, are you an ally to yourself? And experience has told me that I have this little voice on my shoulder that will go, oh, you can't because, and you're not good enough because. And the problem comes when we listen to it. And if you think about it, if you've ever driven home from work and without talking to anybody, talked yourself into a bad mood or talked yourself out of taking, applying for a promotion or applying for an opportunity, then I would also say that there's some work to be done about how can you be an ally to yourself? Because if you can't be an ally to yourself, how can we hope to be an ally to others? So two parts. I love that. Hopefully that helps you, Greg. I love that. Wait, I'm sure it's going to. I, I, I love that. Get, get the book. I know it's in there, uh, Greg. <laughs> uh, one, and quick, quickly, Murad, we don't have a, a lot more time, no. but let's answer, let's get to that next question. What do I do if I'm, you know, bankrupt and, uh, you know, I need to get back from that and I, I know I'm bankrupt? Well, the first and most courageous thing might be that you have to go and apologize. Mm. Own up to your part in what has caused the bank account to be emptied and build from there. So that would be my first reaction. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that's what Marshall always says. You know, if, if, you, if you're, the first thing you have to do is apologize if you've done something really egregious. And so I love that. Okay. So, Murad, thank you so much. I just want to encourage everybody. There is some fabulous practical advice in Murag's book, Cultivate the Power of Winning Relationships, we've just touched upon some of the things to think about and some of the exercises in there. I love the stakeholder analysis piece and mapping you have in there, Murag. In fact, I'm going to do it for myself. Um, Thank you. So thank you so much for being on the show. I greatly appreciate it. And um, I hope we'll do it again. In fact, I know we'll do it again. We're already talking about some other things that we're thinking about i look forward to it linda thank you very much for the invitation you're you're most welcome and stay with us next week i have jim kuzas uh, who's written so many wonderful books on uh on leadership he's a professor speaker author teacher i ran into him when i was getting my own phd and he asked some really provoking thought-provoking questions so much so that when I was designing, I was called upon actually to design a leadership development program for GE Capital uh, for their very top executives. And I thought to myself, what Murag was saying, I had the conversation in my head, oh, I can't do this. And oh, why would they pick me and all of this kind of stuff. And I, I ended up actually developing a program which went around the world for GE and was really very powerful in terms of leadership development. It's still uh, part of uh, the offerings today, as I understand. But Jim Kuzes was so instrumental in helping me think through a framework on how to really drive that leadership challenge, how to be authentic, and how to really build your own credibility. So Jim will be with us next week, and uh, very excited to have him. And also stay tuned because we're going to be talking a lot more about neuroscience. And I'm going to be doing a week uh, of interviews with key thinkers, researchers, uh, people who study neuroscience and have applied it to leadership uh, in the month of uh, June or part of the month of June and into early July. So lots to come. 
I appreciate you all being with us. Thank you for listening to the show. And please send and continue to send any questions that you may have. We love to answer them. Thank you again. Stay with us for next week. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. Oh, 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 oh,